You're listening to The Big Show. They score! With Russick and Rose. He rips the puck off the bar and in. His second goal of the game makes it 5-0 Flames. Ready to go now. On the official home of your Calgary Flames. Robbed by Markstrom. What a save. It's loose. And Markstrom makes another miraculous stop. This is Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Oh, hi there. You made it. It's Friday. The Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio on the the heels of a 4-3 Flames loss last night to the Toronto Maple Leafs. And much to GVP's dismay, no, I did not bring my Bieber jersey to the game. I didn't wear it. Probably a safe move. Yeah. yeah. Keep keep that baby at home. They yeah. made him take his toque off in the press box. Mm. Yeah. Leafs logo on it. But, but I did stand up on the desk when Matthews got the hat trick. Yeah. And and I tried to throw a hat from somebody down below. Yeah. I was so excited. Yeah. He was so fired up. I thought you know maybe my... he would have been crowd surfing out of the press box. He was trying to chest out. bump all the reporters, oh, okay. but everyone was trying to write their stories. Mm. It was this whole a thing. A lot of high fives. We might not be allowed back. <clears throat> you know, the thing is, too, like, you guys have no idea the disdain for the Toronto Maple Leafs that I grew up with, dude. You guys have no idea. Because you guys grew I'm up I'm sure hating- it's similar to a lot of our fans here. No, like, you guys grew up hating the Oilers. That's what you did. Mm-hmm. You hated the Oilers. And the Leafs. Right. But, like... Throw the Canucks in there, too. And the Canucks, man, yeah. and one of my... Ugh, one of my uh, friends growing up, his dad, rest in peace... Um, was the worst Leaf fan ever. Oh, in what sense? And I will never forget the game where the Habs got shelled by the Leafs when Andre Red Light Rasico was born. So the Habs start this guy, Andre Rasico. He gives up like seven goals on five shots. <laughs> it was an awful performance. And that was Red Light Rasico born. And his dad would not let me forget about it for like two months Red- straight. Every time I came over, he's like, ah, Leafs. And just, just for old red light. Just for context, this is the type of family that once there was an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie that was brand new, you bet your ass they went to the movies to see it yeah, right oh away. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now so, we know what we're dealing with. My cousin, super big Leaf fan. Like, my dad going to work having to deal with Leaf fans all the time. It runs deep in me. And I just chuckle when people just assume I bleed blue and white when it couldn't be any more of the opposite. Oh. The hatred I grew up for the Toronto Maple Leafs for. And then eventually working for a Toronto radio station mm-hmm. where I have to talk about said team and work with everybody who is so blinded by the blue and white disease that you can't even talk to them rationally. <laughs> it is a disease. You no, know, it is. It is. It's a sickness. Yeah. But I can't tell you how much I enjoyed their 3-1 collapse to the Habs. Mm. That was fun. Yeah. And I can't tell you how much fun I had when, like, they flame out of the playoffs and I did the post-mortem show. Mm. Oh, that was fun. Yeah. And people calling in. and But last night was a tough pill to swallow when Austin Matthews scored his third and he saddled old mice was littered with hats and toques. That was gross. Yeah. I hated that so much. Yeah. And uh, that was a so tough much. one last night. Yeah, it was a tough one. You know, you had the lead on, on the Leafs. And- you were playing great. 
You know what? It was kind of crazy because as the Leafs started to kind of claw their way back in, it was a lot of the things that the Flames were doing well in the first period that I thought the Leafs started to kind of do against them and got away from them a little bit. And right, tough one. Uh, Wedley, Toronto George probably threw six hats while rocking a Sergei Berezin jersey. Mm. Yeah, that nice was one, him. Wedley. Sergei Berezin. No, yeah. I'm more of a Darcy Tucker kind of guy. Tucks. Tough Darcy Tucker. Yeah, you need that. Ty Domi, too. Yeah, of course. Um, tough loss for the Flames last night. Uh, it's been a tough 12 hours or so for you. Yeah, so you went and watched Austin Matthews score a hat-trick and the Flames lost last night. Yeah, it was great. And then uh, you were almost T-boned today on the way in? Yeah, I was driving in and some clown in a Tesla straight up runs a red light and uh, maybe it was auto-driving or whatever, just about T-bones me. I had to swerve into the bike lane, no into the oncoming traffic. Yeah, it was brutal. I was shaking when I came in here. I was quite rattled, believe it or not. It was, was not he, a good way to start my day. Was he traveling at a high rate of speed? Yeah, he was. That's no good. Yeah, he was being an ass. That's scary. Yeah. I was going to get out and flame him, and he took off like a coward, too. Bitch. <laughs> yeah. Can I can I ask you that? Can I tell you the silver lining in all of this? What you could have got a Tebow nickname out of it. Thanks, George. Always there for me, dog. T-bone. Yeah. See, <laughs> see, <laughs> yeah, that works. I would have hated that. I would have hated that so hey, much. T-bone. <laughs> see, <laughs> Matt T-bone Rose. But thankfully, you're okay. You're safe. And whoever that is, like, come on, come yeah, on, man, yeah. Like, really? check yourself. Yeah, going south on 5th at 8th at 5.30 a.m. And you ran it? a red? It's a Tesla. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, Come that's on, what man. I said. He had a custom license plate. Uh, what did it say? Deuce I don't bag? know. I couldn't get it. I couldn't see. He, okay. Like I said, he zipped off because he knew he had done wrong. It's and I was right. going to smack him in the jibs. Yeah, you should have. Going to go all Brent Cron on him. You should have. Like Ross Tucker telling him to put fish on a salad. Yeah. Punch him in the gut. That's right. Um, I'm glad you're safe. F-O-H. And that guy, give your head a shake, man. Yeah. We can't harm our Matty Rose. Yeah. Um, Patrick's uh, off today. Mm. So pinch hitting is uh, Shan. Welcome back. And, wow. Uh, wow. The triumphant return. Shan's back. The and, prodigy. And uh, Matty couldn't wait to talk about Shan. Uh, Shan's true? breakfast this morning. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, so what a good start. What did you crack open at 5.30 this morning for a, a nice light morning snack? Yeah, it's a buffalo chicken potato skin. You get your carbs, you get your protein. It's tasty. I'm really hungry. I might have another one soon. It's just too early for that. Okay. I think. I'm I not think even a breakfast guy, though. I, I can't even it's... remember the last time I've eaten breakfast. Yeah, I, I've stopped eating breakfast during the show. Mm-hmm. I've started pushing it back. Yeah, you've... Uh... It's been a while since I've seen you crack open uh, a yogurt. No. Yeah. Or some uh, chocolate-covered chocolate almonds. almonds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jinx. No, I switched switched up a little bit. Dark chocolate almonds, almonds, no? Uh, they've always been dark oh, chocolate okay. for the most right. part. But I found an alternative, a different, a different treat. Well, I always laugh when people say, uh, how can you eat pizza in the morning? How could you eat potato skins? And then like, oh, I'll have a steak and eggs for breakfast. I'd I'll have a juicy steak for I, breakfast. I very rarely can have steak and eggs for well, breakfast. That's a little too hearty even for me. Um, you could have a sausage egg McMuffin, as Ross Tucker says. Give me a little breakfast sando. Yeah, what did Ross say? The best sandwich created? Ever. Yeah, very passionate about that. 
Yeah, he was. Like, that pause yesterday. Did you see him tweet at McDonald's yesterday? Like, as soon as he hung up the phone. Oh, really? He did? As soon as he hung up the phone. Let me find it. Okay, find it. Do you have that pause and we told Ross Tucker that there's, uh, I like how you're like, oh, God. Like, we told Ross Tucker yesterday, because they don't have all-day breakfast anymore, where Ross Tucker's from in the good old United States of America. But they do here, and he was shocked. He was, you could you could hear the envy. Man, he tweets There's such a, a thing. Yeah, he does tweet a lot. Do you have that pause or no? I have it in a second. Okay. Oh, here we go. Yeah, 22 yep. hours ago. So what do you tweet? Um, bah, 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 bah. Hey, at McDonald's. Well, I have you. We need to get all day breakfast back. Just found out they still have it in Canada. Shrug emoji. It's a game changer for my family and many others. Help me help you. Cash emoji. Look at that. Cash emoji. I like it. And I like that he immediately, as you mentioned, got off the phone with us and then tweeted that to McDonald's. Did they respond? Do you know the time? 723 yesterday. Oh, but we got to be out by 718. <laughs> okay. And he's sitting there tweeting out all the time. <laughs> hey, McDonald's, make sure I'm out by 718. <laughs> got to get on the tweet machine. <laughs> got to tweet McDonald's first. I, I assume that he was preparing for a next hit or yeah. something like that. Right. Maybe they were late calling him. Yeah. I like the fact that he does tell us that he does a lot of radio hits around North America. Heaps. But he definitely remembers us, and we're, we're very distinctive. He's just... He's one of our favorite hits because we generally don't talk that much about football. Mm-hmm. We talk about Ross Tucker and his quirky lifestyle. Yep. We Ross have all day breakfast here in Canada here it for is. McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Seriously? Yes. <laughs> yep. Why? We, we had it for a while and then they got rid of it. What happened? Can yeah. you play that one more time and just listen to the, the pause when I say it one more time? We have all day breakfast here in Canada for McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Seriously? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Why? We we Very had it good. for a while, and then they got rid of it. What happened? He's yeah. mad. He's legitimately upset about that. So I'm glad you're safe, and Shan is crushing... Um... <laughs> Very nutritious potato skins like you're trying to pretend they're nutritious. I got an an apple crisp, too, and I think some coleslaw. Coleslaw? What? I I had to scrape some food together and threw it in my bag. I guess Coleslaw? He kind of did did get called out of the bullpen last second. Yeah, it was late. It was a late call from the bullpen. That's a balanced meal. Okay. Coleslaw and apple crisp and... (laughs) Apple and Saskatoon berry crisp. That okay. one is really good. What the hell is Saskatoon berry? What? What? It's it's like I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a tiny blueberry. That's it's a sweet treat. It's amazing. Saskatoon berry. Yeah, you, you know, know what Logan yeah. berry is? No, no. Okay, so they're the same thing. Well, how dare you not know what a Saskatoon berry? Is? Uh, how dare you? They're the yeah. best. I think it's probably a Saskatoon berry and a Logan berry are probably the same thing. They're just called different things. This is where we need Patrick Dumas. Back. I know. Damn it. <laughs> His knowledge of Western Canada is second to none, and his and his geography is impeccable. You said Loganberry? Yeah. No, that's like a raspberry. Loganberry? I can't even find a Loganberry. Yeah, yeah. these are different. Longanberry looks like a pine cone. Yeah. What is this? This is the, yeah. What are you talking about? Loganberry is a thing. Yeah, it is a thing. It's, I, I it's found not it, a Saskatoon though. All right, text uh, here. Yeah. Is serviceberry? No, I've never heard it called a serviceberry. Oh, okay. Hmm. Interesting. All right, um, Flames lose last night. Shan's here, which is great. Oh, we got a special treat today. 
a treat for you. Mm-hmm. Brent Kron's in Lloyd Minster, <laughs> so that's fun. Uh, I got We have to ask him if he went down the water slide yet. Yep. And only, if there was only a way he could break into the water slide this morning to do his hit from the water slide, that would be awesome. Yeah. But apparently he can't. Unfortunately. Or he's not trying hard enough. Mm. But uh, Brent Cron's going to be on the phone from Lloyd Minster. But uh, we'll have Frank Cervalli in studio at 7.30. That's fun. That's going to be really fun. Yeah. He's in town uh, just for, I think, yesterday and today. And then right. Taking off for a little event up in Jasper, and then, uh, yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah, he was uh, amongst the throngs of Toronto media last night at the Flames game. He was. Who I was high-fiving incessantly after Austin Matthews yeah, scored the third goal. They were all hugging and kissing each other on the cheek we're and all on making, the forehead like a big European family seeing each other for the first time. We were all making fire engine noises. Yeah, doing the wee-woo, wee-woo. Cartwheels. Yep. Throwing their throwing their hats on the ice, taking their shirts off, spit yeah. them around their heads, face paint and all. It was gross. Yeah, it was a despicable display of professionalism. Yeah, there was a uh, there was a lot of Toronto media at that game uh, last night. So um, the goal that wasn't for the Flames in the third period. Mm-hmm. Now, spirit of the rule uh, <laughs> is something that comes out a lot uh, when we talk about the NHL because. What happened to that Blake Coleman play was, did he intentionally glove that over? No, he didn't. No, It just either. hit his glove. But for some reason, the Leafs challenged it. And then for some reason, they're like, yep, that's a glove pass. And that was the dumbest call you see in a while. Like, did that affect the play in any way? No, it didn't. Should have been a goal. I want to just read you a tweet from uh, old friend Jermaine Franklin, who used to work in the market here yeah. and now does the other guy's desk. Uh, that's why nobody likes the Leafs forever. A bad challenge, not in spirit of the rule. Terrible. And that's kind of how I felt. It's like, yeah, I guess if you want to go back and watch the play, sure, goes off the tip of his fingers by a millisecond. As Blake Coleman said in the post game. He didn't even know that that was what they were reviewing because he had no idea that it had gone off his hand. It was just a, a little bit of a play that had kind of happened a little while before the goal as well. And uh, sure enough, the Leafs get the old challenge card out and <laughs> a lot of calls go their way, but I don't know. It's uh, one of those things, right? Like there was a miss slashing call on Blake Coleman moments before Michael Backlund hit the post. Yeah, where it exploded. Moments later, Flames don't end up on the power play, and instead the Leafs get what was their first goal shortly after that. So there was a couple of instances in... uh, There was a couple of instances that I had people texting me and saying, same old stuff whenever the Leafs come to town. Um, GVP, your thoughts? on that glove pass that really wasn't a glove pass? Um, I mean, that's what the rule kind of is, though. If the puck touches your hand and goes to another player, it's technically a hand pass. If uh, a puck rings off my shin pad and ends up on the tape of uh, a Flames player, I get I get credit for assist without actually moving the puck to my teammate. It, it's what the rule is, and it, it was just a tough balance in my mind. Yeah, but it's not like he directed the puck. He, he took us, he swatted at it. He, he it was so he, he tried yeah. to hit the puck with his hand it just happened to go to a, a flames player it's a hand pass 
All right. That's what I think. But I, I just think it was a tough bounce. Do you know what the problem is with the NHL? Well, there, there's a myriad of problems with the NHL, but here's mm. one. There's so much gray area. Yeah, exactly. We're arguing about a rule. It should be black and white, just right. like offside. Yes. There's a lot of gray area. Yeah. Which is frustrating. Extremely. But the flames, but at the same the time, game, I guess. It's much like in the NFL when we all concentrate on one little call by the referee that goes a bad call that affects the outcome of a game. That's not really the case. It's it's like a series of events that ha- determines whether or not our team wins or loses. Much like the Flames blew a 2-0 lead last night and looked great in the first period. If they maintained their level of play and didn't cough up the puck on the first two Maple Leaf goals, mm-hmm. you probably end up winning that game last night. And we're not even talking about this hand pass that wasn't a hand pass that was a hand pass in GVP's opinion. So it's just like, yeah, that call sucks. Probably shouldn't have happened. Probably goals should have stood. But again, the Flames did blow a lead in this game. Mm-hmm. And they were playing great in the first period. And they let the Leafs back in it. And eventually, that was their demise. It was. Like, even after that that goal with Hannafin having the chance to clear. And, and Soft play. And leads to a Flames penalty for tripping. The Leafs scored with the extra man out. And Matthews scored on the one-timer before they even got to the power play opportunity. Even after that, the Leafs kept pressing. They had another chance. Vladar had a big stop on Riley. Moments after that, um, there was the four-on-three goal that came after as well, which is another unfortunate one. Like, this is just one of those days where the game kind of got away from you. Um, That crowd kind of makes it a little bit chaotic in there. And I don't know if it feels like everything goes against you more just because of how it is in there when Luis come to town. But, like, you could tell how frustrated a lot of the players were with the referees by the end of the game. It's unfortunate, but like, like Rasmus Anderson oh, after that faceoff, uh, got he blown was yeah. living. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, there was just a couple of instances that it felt like maybe there could have been calls the other way, but you can't get tied up on the calls. It is what it is. They've won four in a row. He scored three, got away from you a little bit, little lax in the defensive zone. Some things that I think you can easily clean up. And frankly, even after you score, even after the goal was waved off, you need to push a little bit better. The Flames had that power play, had a couple of chances, but couldn't finish. And after that, it was pretty much all Leafs the rest of the way yeah. until a little bit of a mad flurry at the end. And man, uh, something I'm going to ask Brian Cron about, uh, Martin Jones. The puck was just bouncing off that guy like nobody's business last like a night. Shooter tutor. Yeah, he. Uh, I did say that. Uh, mm-hmm. He was just shooting right on him. His logo thing just bounced everywhere. It's like, hey, I make the first save. It's up to you, blue liners. Get rid of it. Yeah, and like Hannafin had a couple that were really hard shots that went like right off his chest and ended up right in the slot. There was a couple that right off him, sat there, couldn't yeah. get to him. He's not a guy that I would trust for any amount of time if I was the Leafs going forward here, but. That's what they're dealing with right now. They've had a ton of goalie injuries, and frankly, their position wasn't that strong to start. I uh, want to get both of uh, you and um, GVP's opinion on uh, Geo's play last night. Yeah, <laughs> tough game, I guess. <laughs> yeah, tough game, I guess. Yeah, uh, Brent Cron said on Twitter, I-, I guess Giordano wants to play for the Flames tonight. He was skating in sand. That's essentially what it was last night. Yeah, I- yeah, he was showing his age yesterday. Yeah. Put it that way. He's a player that's on like league min 
that's like yeah. 35 and plays on their third pair. Yeah. Like, he's exactly what I think we thought we, he would be at this point. Yeah. He had, a, like, it's <laughs> the unluckiest part of the game was the Cadre goal, where that's like an egregious fan on the one-timer. Like, terrible. About, dribbles into the corner, but instead... He almost missed that puck. Oh, yeah, completely. <laughs> like, he straight up healed it, and it just goes off Geo and, and slides under Martin Jones there. Wasn't his night there. Back nope. with the old club. No, and I sir. did like him getting into it with the bench a few times. Like, okay, settle down, Geo. Let's if, if the Leafs had other guys on the blue down. line to kind of, you know, shelter Giordano, you'd, you'd probably be able to hide him a bit more. But with the, just the way that blue line is, you're... You might have nights like that, and he's going to be kind of stick out like a sore, uh, sore thumb. I don't right? know. That blue line looked great last night for the Leafs. <laughs> Watching it in person. Just turning it over wolf. all the time. Wolf, yeah. wolf, wolf. Yeah, not a lot of faith in that blue line for sure. Like, it, it was kind of like sometimes when you go play the Flames, you're like, yeah. Or when you go play the Oilers. You can play really well against nine of their forwards and six of their D, but... Three of their forwards start to get rolling, and they're very hard to stop. Um, we got a busy show, as I mentioned. Frank Cervalli, NHL Daily Faceoff, joining us in studio at 7.30. The Chronolist, live from Lloyd Minster. Uh, that's exciting. He'll join us, too. And um, what do you got coming up? Border Town. Look at yesterday's NHL schedule. Busy Look at day. the NFL schedule. Uh, GVP's got a Raptors report. Mm-hmm. Uh, George's three things from the Aussie Open. Mm-hmm. Got that. Yeah, yeah it, my didgeridoo ready. The local tee up. Loaded, George, of course. Okay. Oh, incredible stuff. <laughs> you said we had it locked up. We didn't need that one. Okay. <laughs> See, it's not bad. <laughs> You're way too proud of that. It's not bad. It's not bad. I think I can do a better version, though. Okay. After That's listening to that one, I think I can do a better version. Okay. Maybe we'll do now? it coming up. No. Later? No, during the okay. three Australian Open okay. things. Good. Sounds good. All right. It's uh, George. It's Matt. It's uh, GVP. And it's uh, Buffalo Chicken Potato Skins. It's the big show. Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960. The fan. Oh, hi there. It's the big show. Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960. The fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. At 7.30 in studio from NHL Daily Faceoff, Mr. Frank Cervalli. And the uh, the Cobra, uh, which side is he on? Is he in Alberta or Saskatchewan in Lloyd Minster? I'm going to assume the AB side. Okay. Why go further if you have to? Okay. We'll talk to him coming up at 8 o'clock, our Big Show Flames analyst. The Chronolist. Uh, we also got to do some NFL big bets. We'll do that around seven fifteen ish, seven twenty ish. Look at the best weekend of football. They call it the NFL divisional round playoffs. I got a tee up for those games. Believe it or not. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do you have a tee up in the Rose Report? I do. Which is brought to you by MotorWorks. Yeah. You own a BMW. Choose MotorWorks for service and repairs. They'll gladly match and then beat any competitor's price by ten percent on 51st Ave and 3rd Street Southeast. Marty Rose. Matt Rose. Matt Rose. Adam Rose. Rose and Blue. Matty Rose. Matty Rose. Oh, good morning, friends. Flames and Leafs last night, part of 11-game slate, giving way to just four contests tonight. We'll tee up the NFL weekend. The Raps took on the Bulls. We got all that, plus golf, tennis, and some local notes as well. We got lots of stuff. Yes, sir, we sure do. 
couple of notes with the Flames yesterday. Uh, some transactional news before the game. Called up Adam Klapka. Walker Dewar did clear waivers, sent down to the Wranglers. So he'll head out on the road with that group as they visit Palm Springs and the Coachella Valley Firebirds this weekend. Klapka was scratched for the game, but Huska said this about him after the morning skate. The one thing we feel like our fourth line has been missing over the last little while is some of that energy, um, some of the physical play, a little bit more size in the offensive zone. And I, I know the way Adam is. He's, uh, he's all about the energy. He's all about... Um, bringing a lot of excitement to the rink and he's been one guy that over the course of a couple of years has really worked hard on his game so he's put himself in a position where he deserves this call up big man six foot seven 235 pounds sneaky big boy. good speed yes sir sneaky good speed sneaky good hands and brings a lot of physicality um i know i saw some people referring to him as a gentle giant i don't think he's a gentle giant at all He's actually quite physical if down at the AHL level. If that's one thing you don't want to be known as a defenseman, it's a gentle giant. Well, he's a forward. Okay, sorry, as a forward. As a big boy, but I mean, though. Just in general, you don't want to be known as a gentle whatever. No, definitely not. You and I talked about it going into the um, going into the dome last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, does a lady being help you or hurt you in uh, contract negotiations? I I don't know. I don't know if it goes either way. Like, hey, I'm a two-time Lady Bing Award winner. Yeah. Does that hurt or help you in a contract negotiation? I don't know if it really matters. I don't think... I think some GMs would see it some way, but like, it, it really depends on what you're looking for. Hey, if I won the Selkie, it's going to help you in a contract negotiation. If I won the Norris, it's going to help you in a contract negotiation. Yeah. If I won the Lady Bing, I'm not sure. What's your point here? I don't know. I'm just being stupid. We were talking about Adam Klapka, and you just pull up random... Well, because you said Gentle Giant, and then oh. that, that, that jogged my memory about being big and soft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I see where he got there. Yeah. Fine. Have we met? I'll allow it. Yeah. This is a back road. I didn't see the exit. <laughs> Sorry. My bad. Yeah. You know like that clown with. who just blew through the red light. That the was Tesla my, guy. That was me, yeah. See him in half. Oh, I hate him! Only if it was like... You should have did the move in, like, MacGruber, mm. where you wrote down his license plate. I was trying. And you, and you never forget his like license plate Like I said, he zipped off like, Oh, trust me, I wasn't going to forget. Yeah. By the way, when never we were driving into the rink last night, uh-huh. some guy had a, had a customized license plate mm-hmm. that said Flames 1. The number one. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. like, how long has this guy had this license plate, and how was it available? 1989, probably. probably. Yeah. As for the contest yesterday, Jonathan Huberto back to the lineup. Dubé back down on the fourth line. Dewar had been skating there. Vladar got his second straight start. Markstrom still nursing a lower body injury, although he was out ahead of practice with goalie coach Jason LaBarbera yesterday, getting some work in, which is good news in itself. Flames looking for a season-high fifth straight win, while the Leafs were looking to avoid a fifth straight loss, blowing leads in all four games on the losing streak. Let's get into the first period where... Thought the Flames were playing really well. They would get the opening goal. Coming in to pick it off of Sharon Govich. He centers it, looking for Lindholm, but it bounces by him. Back to the point. Anderson scores! Rasmus Anderson took the shot, and it looked like Yegor Sharon Govich tipped the puck past Martin Jones. He scores again and gives the Flames a 1-0 lead. Yeah, count it 19 for Sharkey. 
Lindholm line just could not be stopped early. The Leafs had no answer out of the first TV timeout. Face-off won. Flames won all the races and a point shot deflected by Sharon Govich under the bar. Now, you know why I thought the Lindholm was good last night? Why? You know who was whipping around some really good passes last night and looked really good? Mm-hmm. Number 10, Jonathan Uberdo. Jonathan Uberdo. Yeah, I thought he had uh, a really good first period hey, for sure. Again, like we crapped on him mm-hmm. like for the majority of this season mm-hmm. because he would be invisible games and games you'd be like where's 10 is even playing he was making some beautiful passes last night and you can just see the confidence oozing from his stick that's aligned with the puck that Mark Savard beautifully taped for him he's playing a lot better than he was earlier on in the season that is for sure starting to get a little chemistry with Lindholm and Sharon Govich which is great to see um little shout out here for Andrew Mangiapane another guy that had a rough start to the season great job to get down the ice his team needed to clear He's able to battle his way through a couple of defenders and not only get the puck down the ice, but draw a power play and shortly into it. Huberto, Sharon Govich, and Kadri, the four forwards. Weger, the one defenseman. And with the draw and set things up, here's Sharon Govich. Across the ice to Huberto. Near corner, Lindholm centers. Kadri scores! Former Maple Leaf, Nazem Kadri bounces the puck off of former flame. Mark Giordano, and right into the Maple Leafs net, and it is 2-0 for the home team. How about it? Not the prettiest goal. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. Not, not against all. your former team. Nope. nope. Martin Jones just slid that thing in for him, essentially. Well, Jones, like, probably played it fine, but the fact that it went under Geo, and then he, like, tried to do, like, a weird contortion yeah. move where he tried to get it. It was weird. But, but again, it went in. The power play last night, well, maybe outside of the one in the third, with Huberto looked better. Well, the power play in the third had chances. They just couldn't score. Uh, also wanted to play this opportunity because I thought this was kind of a bit of a, a key moment in the game. Nazem Kadri with that goal, stretching his point streak to eight games. Six goals, five assists, and 11 points. Here comes Backlund now. Backlund shoots off the goal post. He beats Jones on the blocker side and rings it right off the iron. Yeah, so how that play actually developed was Blake Coleman won a battle in the slot, but one of the Leafs slashed his stick, broke his stick. No call on the play. Back and goes the other way. He hits the post on the breakaway. Doesn't go in. I thought it was in. No buzzer in the press box. Very sad. Moments after that. To Marner. To Nylander with a one-timer. Knocked down by Tanev. He believes to clear it out. Gregor tries to dump it in. He can't. Matthews picks it up, shoots, and scores. The Flames turn the puck over, and they turn it over to the wrong guy. Yep. Austin Matthews with a wicked wrist shot. Score. Yeah, he gets in between Osterley and DeSimone. And a laser. Yeah. 2-1. Um, sloppy play. Yep. And that completely changed momentum in the game. I think the Pospisil injury really, and we'll get to that, that really took the wind out of the sails of the Flames, I think. But just a sloppy play against the best player on the ice. And Kron texted us. He's like, why is that pair out there against Austin Matthews? Yeah, that's... A mismatch for sure, and they did not a little have, bit. That third pair did not have a very. They good had a rough play. game, yeah. Even but by, that is not the pair standards. you want against the most prolific goal scorer in the National Hockey League. Yes, without a doubt. Um, also, like you mentioned, late in the frame, that prolific goal scorer Austin Matthews is going to take a shot on the rush. 
Martin Pospisil is coming over to try and check him. And as the shot is taken and Pospisil kind of breaks off from contact, his heel connects with Matthew's toe and he falls into the boards in a really awkward way. It looked like a lot of kind of his back and neck almost collided with the boards. He left the game. He didn't return. I would wonder if we see Adam Klapka on Saturday. That would be the way I would word that. And ever since that injury, like I said, it just felt like took some wind out of the sails of the Flames. And he's a guy that he's been great with Zeri and Kadri and, and he brings that something that they don't have a lot element. of. Yeah, he's physical. He gets speed. to the quote unquote dirty areas. He's tough to play against. He's shown He'll a lot more like nobody's business. He's shown a lot more physicality. Yes. And it felt like that was a punch to the gut of the Calgary Flames last night. And then Noah Hannafin makes a super soft play, which you get to. Yeah, that was in the second period. Like, just a second on Pospisil. What happens next if he can't play? <sighs> who gets who gets that spot on that line? You, you try Dubé again? I would go Greer. I would give wow, him a shot. Wow, you give him... You know what? If there's somebody who deserves a promotion on the Flames, it's that guy. But then if you take him off that fourth line, oh boy. I'll put Adam Klapka down there and I'll skate him five minutes a night. It's fine. Okay. I was going to say, Rajitska gets the chance again. Could there possibly... He didn't do anything with it yesterday. Could there be another call-up? Yeah. Matt Coronado be there? Like, the thing is, I don't like Matt Coronado playing with Nazem Kadri. Why? Because Kadri shoots the puck every time he has it. Matt Cornell is never going to have a chance to have the puck on his stick. I want someone who distributes, like, a little bit. Like, as soon as Kadri comes across the blue line and that puck is on his stick, he's doing one thing and one thing only. He's putting that thing on net. And I don't love that matchup with him being on the other side, especially because he's going to be on Kadri's backhand. Kadri's not dishing backhand passes over to Matt Coronado, so I don't see that. But at the same time, if you're going to call someone up and play in the top nine... It's him. But I don't, but then I think you would probably maybe shuffle your lines up a little bit just because I don't love how he played with Kadri because of the way Kadri plays the game, which it's fine. It's, it's, a, it's something that you kind of need, but I also just don't think that there's a, a natural tie there with Kadri and Coronado. And you don't want to break up what's going on with Lindholm, Huberto, and Sharon Govich. Manjapani's found a nice little spot, but everyone finds a nice spot playing with Backlund and Coleman. And it kind of depends on how long Pospisil's going to be out, too. If you need to do a little bit of a stopgap for a week, sure, well, fine, well, give him a shuffle. Line. Yeah, you could do it. He does play either wing. He can jump in there pretty quick, but... And then you could put whoever basically with the Backlund line. That would be another option. They've got some things they can look at here. But I don't know, I've... As far as a guy who plays similarly to Pospisil, the closest you have is A.J. Greer. And I think the guy deserves a promotion. Again, do you want A.J. Greer playing in your top six? Well, no. Yeah, if he's going to be out for weeks, but, but that's, this not isn't the, long, that's not the stop long-term gap. solution, but maybe a little carrot saying, hey, you've been such a such the linchpin on the fourth line. That's kind of my point here. Yeah. It, it all depends on how long his injury is. And then, yes, if you want to bring Matt Coronado into the fold and, and kind of put him up in the top nine and find a spot for him, then, yeah, he's the next guy that should fit in there on a kind of consistent basis. Yeah. But I also just don't love the fit beside Kadri. But that's just me personally. Into the second period, uh, Manjapani stopped back door. Great stop early on off a nice dish from Lindholm. 
Then Hannafin a chance to clear. Doesn't. Not good. Still a delayed penalty call coming up against the Flames. Here's Marner. Into the far circle to Matthews. Matthews to Marner. To Nylander with a one-timer. Knocked down by Tanev. Now Nylander to Matthews. He scores. Yeah, he's not going to miss a whole lot of those. No. One-timer from real nice spot. Uh, Vladar gets over, tries to get a piece of it, but not a whole lot he could do. Tie game at 4.08, period two. Uh, and that was just a, a soft clear, soft play by Hannafin not getting the puck out. And again, just two little tiny mistakes ends up in the Flames net. Two soft plays against an elite team. Well, not an elite team, elite forward group. And against guy, the guy who is the best goal scorer in the league, those end up in your net. And then A.J. Greer got pushed into the Leafs bench. That was a comical moment of it the was. game. Enjoyed watching that. Um, but then later on, uh, yeah, the, the Leafs just kept on pressing. There was a four-on-three opportunity. Here's Matthews. Here's circle to Marner. Across to Nylander. Across to Marner, who shoots and scores. A beautiful three-way passing play finished by Mitch Marner. Yeah, they go with the four forwards. Zip it around pretty pretty easily. And Marner's the one who ends up burying it. So that was the first lead. He got at, really excited about that goal. Yeah, he was. Tackled Nylander. Like, calm down, Marner. Sick. Great job. Really uh, nailed that one, bud. And then uh, there was also the uh, Matthews. Uh, yeah, this, this one I did not like. And now Matthews shoots and scores. That's not really a great call of that. And here come the blue and white hats. Yeah, that was not good. Yeah. Matthews hat trick. And Tukes. Leafs go up 4-2 with 6.30 to go into the second period. The Flames got pretty punished in period number two. Got away from them a little bit. And uh, the hats rained down from the Maple Leafs fans. Flames did get another goal before the end of the period, though. Andrew Bonjapani kind of kicks it in, but then Timothy Lilligren knocks it in. It ends up being a goal because Lilligren couldn't wrangle it off the line. Yeah. So it was 4-3 after the break. Um, I thought that was a good goal, good call on the ice. Originally, the ref said no goal, and then it took him a while to review it, mm -hmm. which I didn't realize why it took so long because clearly it looked like Lilligren was trying to play the puck. Yep. And then it just went in, and I didn't really think the puck crossed the line. I thought it would be Backlund's goal. And then when Backlund would have poked it, it in. jammed it in. Yeah, it was close. Right, it was close, but uh, good for the Flames. And something... In that second period, I think it's something we haven't seen in a while from the Flames. They played really loose and not in a good way. Kind of in the Leafs style. Yeah, they let a bit. Yeah, in the first period, they were dominating the Leafs. They were doing a great job of forechecking, controlling the puck. And then all of a sudden, Forcing it turned, turnovers. Yeah, turned into a little bit of pawn hockey in the second period. And the Flames are not a team that can want to play a skill game with a team like the Leafs because that's what they want. And they fell into their trap, and the Leafs took over in the second period. Did look like the Flames had tied it early on in the third. Bertuzio grabbed it. He can't get it out either. Orsterly holds it in. He delivers the puck to Backlund. He drops it off to Zeri. Zeri, stick handles in. Tries a shot. It's loose. They score! Connor Zeri picks up his own rebound and buries it. The Flames have battled back in this back-and-forth battle. They have tied the game at four. After Coach's challenge for a missed game stoppage, it was determined that number 20 on Calgary hand passed the puck. Therefore, there is no goal. Wow. Uh, I like that he said hand passed the puck there because it was not a hand pass. It was a deflection off his fingers, yeah. barely, that uh, 
Ends up going back, getting flagged down. I think it was even in the defensive zone. So it was a while before the play uh, actually ended up in the back of the net. But there it is. Waved off. Great video review team for the Leafs over there. Got to give them some credit, George. Uh, it did take a little bit for them to actually challenge it, too. Which well, they I took a like. timeout. Yeah. They it, used their timeout to look at the play, and then they challenged, which you are allowed to do, but you have to use your timeout. Right. I'm not a big fan of that either. Yep, I agree. I had multiple people text me about that. Yeah, like anyway. that's, again, it's it's within the rules, and I get it. But again, the old spirit of the rule. I was getting a lot of... Uh, it's a complete crap. That yeah. yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to download. Francis tweeted out the uh, NHL. What happened tonight? This is completely BS. Yeah. Uh, NHL coaches challenge for the third period. It won't load. But that, that was Damn not it. fair tonight. This is shame. Yeah. Shame for the referees. Shame for the league to allow this. What are we talking about? It's true. What are we talking about? How are we going to supposed to play? They had to win tonight? If that's if that's the case, just let us know so we don't show up for the game. Just give them a win. <laughs> I just love that Darko yeah. ran. It's so weird. It's incredible. The Flames did get a power play later. Timothy Liljegren for closing his hand on the puck. Which was a dumb penalty. You can't do that. No. It's like pretty like black yeah. and white. He should have just closed his hand and just whipped it over the yeah, glass. Yeah, at that point, you may as well just throw it. Yeah. Just, just throw whip it. it over the just glass. Just throw it. Who cares? Might as well. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, Flames had a couple opportunities, but couldn't finish. It was really their last best chance. The Leafs kind of had a, a little bit of zone time after that, and it was pretty much curtains. 4-3 ends up being the final score. Uh, players weren't happy with the refs after the game either. But what are you going to do? Again, it's 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 not just one on. call. It's not just one call. The Flames let the Leafs take the lead after yep. playing a fantastic first period. Yep. A lot of energy in that building last night, too, especially in the first period. Mm. Flames are great. Probably should have maybe scored that third goal, really put this thing out of reach. But just two boneheaded soft plays by the Flames ends up in the back of their net, courtesy of Austin Matthews. That's maybe that's the reason why they lost last night. And I think that Pospisil injury really did affect the team. Mm -hmm. It really did take the wind out of the sails. And again, hey, like you and I were talking about it at the first period. Like, hey, Flames win this game and then beat the oil on on Saturday, what kind of show are we going to have on Monday? Woo! People will be fired up. And now you're like, please don't lose to the Oilers on Saturday. You continue to win and break records, and we'll get to that soon. Mm -hmm. We will get to that in mere moments. Let's get to the rest of the NHL schedule, because like George mentioned, yes, the Flames' next game is Saturday night. Battle of Alberta, Saturday nights. All right, for a fight, should be a doozy at the Dome. 8 o'clock at the Dome, Saturday night. And yes, the Oilers will be looking for a 13th straight win. After yesterday, they took on the Seattle Kraken. Ekholm up the left wing side for Kane. He goes across to dry settle. Now to Fogel. The breakaway. Scores! Warren Fogel snaps it home. Stick side on the cord. And the Oilers have a 3-2 lead. Yeah, they get the dub. 4-2 the final. Fogel the game-winning goal. You heard dry settle with the primary assist there. Four points in the victory for Leon. The... Oilers have tied a record for the longest Canadian win streak. They've tied the 67-68 halves with the 12th straight victory. Yeah, for a Canadian team, and that's, again, we, we knew this was coming. Mm -hmm. Well, not really winning 12 straight games. That's a little different. But at the beginning of the season, when we were dancing all over the Oilers' grave, 
And then we get text messages. Woo, better watch out. Like, we knew. We said it. Yeah. Eventually, they're going to get hot, and they're going to stick it in our face. Yeah, the difference and, was one team had a the, the mandate the, this year was try and figure out what you got. The other team's mandate was cup or bust. That's right. And right now, they look good. Yeah. Am right I, now, they look cup. Yeah. Earlier, they look bust. Yeah. I don't like to talk about am it when I, they am, look cup. Am I still a believer that they can actually win the Stanley Cup? No. Nah. What, you think they can? Or you're just, or, or is that just like the, is that the inner Maddie, is that the inner twelve year old Maddie going, please Oilers don't win the Stanley Cup. I'd rather they didn't. Like if I, if I had to choose, I'd rather they didn't. Well, yeah. Now you think Corey Perry goes there? Oh, gosh, just collecting just the. Ugh. But wouldn't Corey Perry be a good fit for them? Yeah, I think he's gonna go there for sure. Which is the worst. Well, that's Frank that coming up. Ugh. Coyotes that move. Yeah. And I think it'd be a smart move by them. Yeah, probably would be. A little, I mean, you can get a little less Matthias Yanmark in your life. It's probably mm. a good thing. Coyotes and Canucks from Vancouver. Thatcher Demko making his 200th start great performance. He stopped 20 of 21. The Canucks bested the Coyotes 2 to 1. Dakota Joshua, the game winner. Habs and Senators, an all Canadian affair. Sens have just been awful this year. Did you know they entered this game 15 points back of the Habs? Oh my God. 15! But yesterday, they did get the better of their Canadian rival. Tim Stutzla had three points. The Senators did beat the Canadiens 6-2. to two. So that lead is now just down to 13 points. Okay. Avalanche of Bruins, four teams entered the night with at least 60 points. These were two of them. Lots of goal scoring in period number one. It was Jake DeBrusque who would end up uh, getting the last goal of the third. Oh, yeah, we got it right here. How about that? Blame it all on my roof. No, that's not it. I- <laughs> that's... That wasn't it at all. <laughs> this one. Uh. Bruins steal the puck out at center yeah, ice. DeBrus chopped it over the line. Zaka, right circle, drops the shoulder. Turns away in the corner. Fed it up top. Watherspoon shoots, deflected. They score! That puck deflected in the slot. I think Jake DeBrus got it. And the Bruins are on top 3-1. Probably could have just gone with the Ross clip. Would have been fine. Yeah. Jake DeBrus made it 3-1 in the first. Ended up the eventual game winner. David Pasternak, a hat trick. He's good. The Bruins win 5-2. His pasta says, hey, look over here, Hart Trophy voters. 29 goals on the season. Flyers looking for a fifth straight win. They were hosting the Stars, who were looking for a third straight win themselves. Look out for Philly, though. Also, this goal, gross. Here's a shot by Pavelski. Pinballed off a man in front. Dallas gets it back to the line, and a shot missing the net from the far point was Handley. Philadelphia the other way. Tippett with speed. Cuts into the middle. Dipsy do back in. He oh. scores! Oh, what a goal by Owen Tippett! It's highlight oh, real time as Tippett's got his second of the game, and the Flyers go up 5-1. Have you seen this? Yeah. The, the little spinorama the move. The nasty spinorama, backhanderama, top ched on Jake Ottinger. Ugh, gross. 5-1. It was unnecessary at that point, but why not sprinkle a little bit on? Is This guy looks like he's going to score at the NHL level pretty regularly. The Flyers win it 5-1. GVP, what did you think of this goal? Have you seen it? Yeah, that was nasty. It was oh. Yeah. Very reminiscent of what Patrick Kane used to do. Yeah, right? That's a good point. The old, uh, uh, when Patty Kane would come on one-on-one from the wing and he'd Cut to the middle, do that spin, and just yep. yeah. under the bar. Uh, Joel Hanley was a defenseman oh. for the Stars. Whoever that guy put is. Him, put him in the old washer, yeah, hey? He's, the he's, old he's in the cycle. highlight reel. Listen, when you come down on Joel ball. Hanley, That's the NHL. you have to do a spin because he's such a dominant <laughs> That's defenseman. That's my friend's cousin. Let's be careful here.
Okay, shut up. Oh my god, Shane. God, just you don't <laughs> my friend's Stop cousin. It. Okay, okay, sorry. I will never speak ill will of Joel Hanley again. Thank you. My Who's apologies, that? Shan. What did I tell you about jumping on yeah, the Yeah, can you put his mic down? Oh, what was brother, that? this guy stinks! Rangers and Golden Knights from the Fortress. Rangers have actually played well on the road this year. <laughs> what did I tell you? <laughs> <laughs> the Rangers, 13-8-2 oh. on the road going into the fortress, but this fortress saw a different beast. Looking in front, back outside. Stevenson scans the middle. Still in front, score! Barbashev, power play goal. 32 seconds left on the man advantage. Barbashev scores his second of the game. 3-0 Vegas with two minutes to go in the second period. You got any second cousins we got to be worried about on the Rangers hurting their feelings here? Uh, just just Hanley. Okay, good. Okay, Joel Hanley. 5-1 the final score. The Golden Knights beat up on the Rangers. Vegas six points up on Edmonton, but the Oilers have four games in hand. Just? If I was the Knights, I'd be shaking in my boots. It's funny how it feels like, um, well, the Kings might be coming back a little bit here. To earth or like? In, in the standings. Like- Oh, like they're, they're they're back? Yeah, they're they're backing up here after an incredible start to the season and that incredible road winning streak that they had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now like they're kind of Oh, they're regressing. Regressing. Oh, I thought you meant that they were like skillful. No, no, like, coming they're down, coming back to they're, the pack here moving in backwards. the Pacific Division. Okay, yeah. yeah. While the Oilers and the Canucks continue to ascend. <laughs> There's a little bit of a yeah, the little arrows, bearish and bullish type green of situation. Green and red arrows, here. if you will. Stonks. Yeah. Yes. Hell yeah. Uh, tonight, Red Wings and Hurricanes, 5 o'clock, Sports Day West. Hey, Devils. Hurricanes, my Stanley Cup pick. <laughs> like, what? You've changed I'm the so, take. No, because I'm so tired of everybody telling. You know who's going to the Cup? Hurricanes are my pick. And they never get there. <laughs> Their like- goaltending blows every year. Yeah. Well. The Cam Ward ain't coming up and making some saves for him anytime soon. <laughs> The Devils and Blues. Yeah, okay. Watch out. Yeah, let them know. Devils Bernie Anderson can't even stay healthy. Okay, good. Anything else? That's it. Okay. And whoever that third, who's the guy they have Kachetkov, now? the yeah. Russian. He stinks. No, he's great. Uh, he's not great. He's like 21. Okay. That's the problem. Good luck. <laughs> Stanley Cup team. Devils. Pick. Okay. Are you done now? Yep. Okay. Canes. Big Kaniac. Devils and Blue Jackets also go at five. Same with the Wild and the Panthers, the Islanders, and the Blackhawks battle. At 6.30 in Chicago. Let's get to the NFL story. Hey. Like, I can eat, I don't know, 20 scrambled cheese eggs. No problem. No problem. Oh, boy. We got quite the spread this weekend. Four games. I'll give you some details, and George is going to give his expert analysis on each of the games. Oh, wow. I'm an expert? Yeah, now you are. It's not the playoffs if the Texans don't play in the first game of the weekend. C.J. Stroud and his squad head to Baltimore as Lamar Jackson gets set for his first game in 20 days. Rested in the final week of the regular season. Then they had the bye. Mark Andrews' status up in the air. Probably going to play, though. 2.30 start Saturday. Might be windy. They're predicting wind gusts over 25 kilometers an hour with temperatures dipping just below zero degrees. Ravens are favored by 9.5. The total set at 43.5. I'm really interested to see what C.J. Stroud does in this game. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested to see how the Ravens are going to try to shut down Nico Collins, yep. who was an absolute beast uh-huh. in that game against the Browns. And also, Mark Andrews practicing, too. There's a guy that potentially they can get back, and Isaiah Likely's been an incredible fill-in at the tight end position. 
Ravens could beat you anyway, man. Yeah, you Ravens, run the ball. They, they do look do like the best team. And again, they hammered teams. They hammered the Niners. Again, they look like a Super Bowl team, but Texans got nothing to lose here. They can go in there, chuck the football around, and if they get a lead early here, Baltimore could be in trouble. And Lamar Jackson, only one playoff win, Matty. Only one playoff win. And he's going to win the MVP. 6-15 Saturday night. Jordan Love and the Pack head out on the road for the second straight week. Can the Cinderella story continue for both the Texans and the Packers? Well, we'll find out on Saturday. The Niners host the Pack in San Fran. No wind, no snow, but it will be raining. Niners are favored by nine and a half. The total is set way up 50 and a half. Uh, I think potentially we could see a lot of uh, CMC in this game. Yep. Pounding the football, and that's right up Kyle Shanahan's uh, game plan. Loves it. Loves running the football. A little throws into the flat. Guys. Let him cook. Yeah, Kyle Juszczyk doing some blocks. Oh, like, yeah. Again, that team it looks Wearing prime. some jackets. But again, same thing, Like much like the Texans vibe mm-hmm. heading into this game. Nobody expected the Packers to be here. Nobody expected the Packers to do what they did in Dallas against the Cowboys. And... Would you be shocked if Brock Purdy laid an egg in this game? Would you be stunned? I wouldn't. He's been really good this season outside of a couple meltdowns. But again, it's Brock Purdy, and I get it, and the Niners have so much talent on both sides of the ball. But you can can throw. You can definitely throw on the Niners' secondary. If they're not getting to Jordan Love, it could be a problem. Mm -hmm. That's been the only issue with the Niners all season, their secondary. I just wonder if the Pack are going to be able to stop the Niners. Stop the run. We taught, well... Or do, or don't, yeah. Because even if it's not CMC, you can still get George Kittle involved with shorter passes. You can still get Debo Samuel involved in all sorts of different ways. Brandon Ayuk, well, he's more of a deep threat. So the rain really, I feel like that's the guy that probably gets impacted again, the most as far as the game plan. Team. But yeah, that the point is, how do you want to go? Deep pass, we got it. Mid midfield passes, we got it. Tight end, just matchup play, we got it. Speed out of the backfield, no problem. Again, uh, we got our big bets coming up. I think the dogs will be barking this weekend. Sunday afternoon, 1 o'clock start. Baker Mayfield and the Bucks Ooh. head out on the road after beating the Eagles at home last week. That guy got to go. They got to go into the madhouse that is Ford Field yeah. in Detroit. Weather, uh, not relevant for this one. You do know we play indoors, right? They got a dome. Oh, boy. That was a tough question by a reporter this week. Lions are favored by six and a half. The total is set at 49 and a half. Just for context, a reporter asked. Here it is. Any special plans to acclimate the team to not only uh, endure, but perform in those kind of frigid temperatures should you face them in Detroit? You do know we play indoors, right? They got a dome. Oh, my God. You, I don't know. Um, no. Might, you, might as well just, plan. you might as well just We're quit indoors. your job after yeah. that question. A lot of people have pointed out that she's probably just from a local news station and probably doesn't do sports. Is you know when well if she's from a local news station, she should know that. Okay, well in Tampa, yeah, you're right. She's from a Tampa local news station. Yeah, she's not gonna know anything about Detroit. Yeah, it's it's been the biggest story the first weekend was weather. So like, yeah, I'll give her a little bit of a pass. It's not like it was Schefter asking the question. That would have been embarrassing. Yes. Uh, final game of the weekend goes at 4.30 Sunday. Uh, also, way better than a 6 o'clock start Sunday, by the way. Uh, the piece de resistance, the most anticipated game of the weekend. The Holy Grail, the Mona Lisa. The Bills and the Chiefs for the third time in the playoffs in, what, four years? Five yeah. years here? Uh, Mahomes has won both meetings, mostly because his defense got one more stop. In 2021, they won the AFC Championship 
38-24. Then in the divisional playoffs in 2022, the Chiefs won 42-36 in overtime. This weekend, essentially a pick em. The Bills are a two-and-a-half-point favorite, but they're also the home team, so that's kind of the home team draw there. Uh, so on a neutral field, there'd be even. It'd be a pick em. Exactly. Total is 45-and-a-half. Might get down to minus 10, but should be a clear night in Buffalo. That's fine. Um, there's going to be a ton more snow in the stands, so maybe the snowball is a sure. little... Little hazard warning there, but that's pretty much it. They're calling for shovelers again. Doesn't that doesn't this feel like Josh Allen legacy game? It kind of does. Like he needs to have this win. He needs to slay the dragon that is Patrick Mahomes and mm-hmm. beat the Chiefs and get the Bills to the Super Bowl. Yep. If they lose this game again, it could be curtains for Sean McDermott. Like that's how much pressure to me is on the Bills and Josh Allen here. Like it's been it's been a different offensive uh, system. Since Joe Brady took over as the OC, they mm-hmm. look a lot better offensively. I think this is a game where Josh Allen's going to try to use his legs a lot, too. We're going to see a lot of scrambling Josh Allen, too. And again, uh, the Chiefs, their defense travels. That's been the we talk about the offense and not looking like the Chiefs, but their defense has been really good. And they like to pound the football with Isaiah Pacheco. It's going to feel like Florida for them in Buffalo after what they played in last right. weekend. It's going to be balmy. Also, a couple coaching notes. Cliff Kingsbury interviewed for the Bears OC position. That's fascinating. I don't hate that. I don't like him really? as a head coach, but at OC, I don't hate his him. His clock management with the Cardinals and his use of timeouts and decision-making was abysmal. I would like to see him under more of a veteran coach that kind of has a good handle on things rather than like an Eberflus, but whatever. It's the Bears, and they're probably going to trade Justin Fields, which makes me sad because I like Justin Fields. But. But they also have the number one pick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And Arthur Blank has a second interview with Bill Belichick. Yeah, the Falcons. And Sounds like this might be the thing. Yeah. So Patty and I kind of talked about this off air yesterday. And uh, maybe Belichick wants to go to the Falcons so we could kind of follow the route of Tom Brady. Tom Brady went to the most loser franchise in the NFL, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Mm. butting their sword. Like they went to that organization and he won a Super Bowl. Maybe Belichick can go to the Falcons, perennial losers, blew yeah. a 28 to 3 lead. Maybe he can get them to the Super Bowl and win. There's a lot of talent on that team. Problem is, no quarterback. Yeah, but there's zero qu- quarterback. There's quarterbacks available, though, this yes. year. You can go and get one, especially if Bill signs before free agency opens. People are going to want to go there. Here's another theory that's a terrible division. And if you want to get the all time wins record, that's a good division to sign sure. in. Tampa, New Orleans, and Carolina. Yeah. Carolina's not going to be good for a while. Tampa's sneaky good. Their defense is good. Yeah, but you can... Come on. Time to bake. But if we're comparing divisions... Of course. It's got to be one of the weakest. Right. It's not the AFC East. The the Bills, Dolphins, Jets, and Pats? Yeah, it's a good division. Yeah. The NFC East is good, too. AFC North's the best. It is. Yeah. Even though two of the teams are already out. Hmm. So sad to see. Uh, what else do we got here? From the NBA Raptors, we're way up against the clock. It's fine. It's fine. From the NBA Raptors, were in action, taking on the Chicago Bulls. Uh, GVP, what'd you see? Uh, Scotty Barnes finished a point shy of his career high of 32 oh, points face last of the league, night. Scotty Barnes. But, but it wasn't enough to lead the Raps to a win. They lose to Chicago. Oh. Final score, 116-110. Nikola oh. Vucevic had 24 and 13 boards. DeRozan also had 24 in the contest to help snap Chicago's four-game losing streak. Raps will head to the Big Apple to take on the Knicks this Saturday, 5.30 tip-off. Scotty Barnes is going to be all-star. He's going to be the face of this league. Did you see how sad Masai Ujiri was before the game talking about the Pascal press conference? Yeah. He got teary-eyed. He developed that guy. 
Yo, one of the things that I found really interesting after the trade was watching the, the development path of this player. And it really is kind of like, hey, the, the, the textbook to how to develop a guy. Like He went to the G League. He won the championship in the G League. He was a finals MVP in the G League. Most improved player. Third team All-Star. Second team All-Star. Two-time All-Star. Champion. You did good, it all. Good story. Yeah, it's a great story. Yeah, Especially But it also goes to show the work that you have to do with the 27th overall pick to yeah. get them to that point, which are the picks that they got back in that deal. GVP? Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. Like, with, with a lot of prospects in the NBA, you know, they're just kind of thrown into the fire right away coming out of the college. But uh, with some of those late-round picks, a guy like Pascal Siakam had to spend time in the G League, and he grew into one of the, one of the best Raptors of all time. It's a good story. Um, also, at the American Express... I fell in the sand trap. Uh, your leader is Zach Johnson. Mm. Doesn't ten. hit it long, but it's a straight. Actually, he's tied with Alex Noren. They're both 10 mm. under par. A uh, couple guys at 8 under, 9 under. Adam Hadwin, your top Canuck at 7 under par. He's one of five. Ben Silverman and Nick Taylor still hanging around, both at 4 under. On the LPGA, it is the Tournament of Champions, their first tournament of the season. Uh, Brooke Henderson, four strokes back of the leader right now. Uh, George, it's your time to shine. Tell us about your three things to keep an eye on at the Aussie Open. Can I do my didgeridoo? Well, we have one right now. Let's get a new one for next week. How about that? All right, that? yeah, because uh, we're... Uh, the timing's not great. Yeah, at the Australian Open, uh, the uh, the phone was hung up on American Ben Shelton. You know his, like... Is that his celly? Yeah, the, the thing where he hangs up the phone where he wins. Oh, he lost to a uh, Frenchman, uh, Adrian uh, Manorino, in oh, four that's... sets last night. So the American's gone. Um, Novak Djokovic was a straight sets winner. We should have had a dial tone ready. That would have been funny. And uh, Sabalenka, the defending champion, yeah. her first double bagel in a major. Six love, six love. Really? Yeah, the double bagel. It's embarrassing. Wow. She should just retire, hey? No, she won double oh, bagel. Double sorry. Bagel. Yeah, the other person should retire. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like this dude to redo. Yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> Welcome to Snipe City, Alberta. Yeah, the Wranglers uh, visit Coachella Valley tonight and tomorrow. 8 o'clock tonight, 7 o'clock tomorrow. Watch it on AHL TV. Uh, gotta wonder if Walker Dewar plays after he was sent down with the Wranglers. Also, Jacob Pelche and Kevin Rooney, although they are kind of taking it a lot easier with those guys and uh, the shoulder injuries as they're all down in the minors now. Hitman in action as well. Lights up the joint. It's going nuts. They host the top team in the entire CHL, the Saskatoon Blades. Top team in the CHL power rankings. They're in town tonight at 7 o'clock. We'll have that call right here on Sportsnet 960. They also host the Prince Albert Raiders at 4 o'clock on Sunday. little Sunday fun day action for you. That'll also be on Sportsnet 960 with a fan. From the AJ, the Calgary Canucks host the Grand Prairie Storm Saturday at 5. Then the Spruce Grove Saints at 2 o'clock on Sunday. The Oilers host that same Storm team tonight at 7, then that same Saints team Saturday at 7. And the Roughnecks, they're on the road this weekend to play the Colorado Mammoth. That is a Saturday night game at 7 o'clock. And good night and good luck to you, sir. And good Lord, are we late. Um, the Rose Report is brought to you by Motorworks. If you own a BMW, choose Motorworks for service and repairs. We'll gladly match and they beat any competitor's price by 10% on 51st Ave and 3rd Street Southeast. A uh, little more on the Flames and Leafs, and I think we got to move big bets to later on in the show. Or you could just do big bets and talk to Frank. Yeah. All right, let's do that. Big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan.